Hi, you're listening to Crime Talk, an intriguing podcast where we provide you the news and you provide the change. We are beginning our first true crime episode with the disappearance of Johnny Gosh, a devastating and mysterious case, yet one that changed our nation forever. So let's get into this case. John David Gosh, referred to as Johnny Gosh, was born on November 12, 1969 in Des Moines, Iowa. Now Johnny's mother, Noreen Gosh, was married to another man before she had Johnny, in which she had two other children. After her husband had passed away due to cancer, Noreen remarried a man named John Gosh, Johnny's father. It was a very happy and loving family. Noreen and John cared deeply for each of their children, and John genuinely treated Noreen's children as his own. The case really begins on September 3, 1982. The Goshes were attending a high school football game, and Johnny was up in the stands with his parents as his siblings were participating in the game. Johnny asks his parents if he can go down to the concession stand to buy some popcorn, so Noreen gives him some money and allows him to go down. After a few minutes, Johnny does not return, so John goes out to find why he has not returned. John finds Johnny talking to an unknown policeman behind a set of bleachers. So John tells Johnny if he's not going to sit with them, he must stand at the end of the bleachers where his parents would have a clear view. Johnny does as he's told, yet in just a few moments, John and Noreen look down to realize Johnny has disappeared once again. John goes down to find out where Johnny is, and yet again, finds him talking to a policeman behind the bleachers. Nobody knows exactly what Johnny and the police were talking about that night, yet as they were walking out of the game, Johnny says... That policeman was really nice. I want to be a policeman when I grow up. The next night, after dinner on September 4th, 1982, Johnny asks his parents if he can do his paper route alone the next morning. Now, paper boys were a very common job at this time, and Johnny's father usually went with him every morning. At first, Noreen had told Johnny no, and John had said yes, but Noreen later agreed through the persuasiveness of John and Johnny. That night, after John had already gone up to bed, he comes back down and tells his mother, Mom, I will always love you. You are the best, and walks back upstairs to go to bed. The next morning on September 5th, 1982, Noreen and John wake up to a million calls from neighbors asking where the newspapers are. Noreen automatically thinks Johnny overslept, so she goes into his room to find him and all of his belongings missing. John begins walking around the neighborhood frantically in search of Johnny. John ended up finding Johnny's wagon with newspapers remaining in the wagon, along with their little dog tied to it, yet Johnny was nowhere to be seen. John runs back to the house and tells Noreen to call the police immediately. While Noreen waits for the police to arrive, Johnny goes to finish the paper route as angry neighbors continue to call in. Now this is probably the most irritating piece of this case the minimal effort and assistance of the police at this time. It takes the police 45 minutes to get to the Gosh residence, despite the police department being only 10 blocks from their house. When they do arrive, they inform Noreen and John that they must wait 48 to 72 hours before beginning Johnny's missing child investigation or informing the community of a missing child. But this was common among missing child cases in the 1980s. John actually ended up speaking with a few paper boys that had reported seeing Johnny that morning and began collecting evidence before the police had even showed up. 
They reported seeing a blue car pull up next to Johnny and try to talk to him, yet they said Johnny had clearly been attempting to ignore the driver. They then heard Johnny say, This is weird, I'm scared, and I'm going home. And the blue car drove away. The police later spoke to the parents of these witnesses, yet the parents noted the police didn't bring anything to write on or anything to record information during the questioning. So after the absence of police assistance, the community began to group up and complete searches for Johnny. During one of these searches, a policeman who was drunk at the time began screaming at people who were searching for Johnny, kind of discouraging them and saying Johnny had just been another runaway. So as you can see, the police in this case truly were no help and quite possibly they could have been part of Johnny's disappearance. After years and lack of help from the police, Noreen began to demand action for her son. Noreen was very passionate and determined to find justice for her son, and people actually began to think she was going crazy. Yet after years and years, in an attempt to draw attention to her son's case, she began to succeed. In 1984, a local dairy company decided to put Johnny and another paperboy who had coincidentally gone missing two years later in the same area, on their milk cartons. This began the change in perspective of drawing more attention to children who have gone missing. Noreen and a few more parents of other missing children whose cases have not been solved began working together to implement the National Center for Exploited and Missing Children. Noreen also initiated the Johnny Gosh Bill which now requires law enforcement to immediately act on missing child cases despite any reasoning. Both laws were created in 1984, two years after the disappearance of Johnny. Despite the tragedy and devastation this case instilled within the family of Johnny Gosh and the community, this case and the persistence of Noreen Gosh changed the nation forever. My heart goes out to Noreen and everyone who loved Johnny. I cannot imagine the pain they went through through their nonstop fight. If you have any information about Johnny or any other missing persons, please call 602-644-5855. Thank you for listening to Crime Talk. Tune in next week for episode 2 when we discuss the case of Marvin Clark. Thank you so much.